Testing, testing, testing. Are you overly abrasive today? Are you overly abrasive today? Because yes, last week. Sorry, Maddie, you're in the middle of. Are we over abrasive today? Doesn't look like it. So it looks like we, we might be good on that overly front. Overly abrasive. No. No. Okay. Doesn't appear to be. How's that? Uh, how's that ship holding up? I haven't even touched it. I'll have to write where it is. That's good where, copy. That's where it's gonna stay. Good <laughs> copy. Until I find something better to, to put it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, dude. Let me get my stuff up and we'll be ready to go. You know, you know, you know, for the band, for the band, for the band. Yeah, man. Haven't heard that one in like three years. <laughs> uh. uh Interesting. All right. You ready, Gabe? Born ready. What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Second City Kids podcast, episode number 90. Jesus, 9-0. Yes, sir. Uh, trekking away to to 100. Slowly, Slowly but surely. Yeah. We've been saying that since like 70 anyway. Yeah, so. this is true. Well, we are on the road. On the road again, so to speak. Nice, Maddie. You really like those, the, the rehabs, huh? Those, yeah, yeah. We can tell, but yeah, man, we're uh, like I said, we're we're trekking away, and uh, we're back on a uh, nice day. Yeah, I like this weather. Yeah, it's uh, it was a little chilly the like, previous days. It literally went from eighty degrees at the start of a day to like forty degrees at by the end of the, yeah, the day. Yeah, man, my mom made a turkey chili once. It was really good. Oh yeah, yeah. Hmm, I never had turkey it's, chili. Uh, it's it's not as heavy on you. Oh, I don't know how you you know your folks make chili, but my mom when she makes chili out of a can. Oh, out of a can. Yeah. yeah, we we do our shit homemade. Nice. And uh, yeah, man, you eat like two bowls of that. You're like, oof. Nice and thick. Yeah, nice. It, it it's like it's hearty. It's good, you know. Double like, I, double C, thick. Uh, I would like three Qs. Oh, thigh Q. Nice. All right, that's the first seed reference. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. So I want to open up the podcast with a uh, controversial tap. No, nah, this is not controversial at all. I I just put it like that so you would think it is. Uh, have you heard of capital punishment, Gabe? Is it what I think it is? No. Then no, probably not. Capital punishment is a uh, punk band founded uh, by. Yeah, I should have figured. Yeah, founded by a uh, famous funny man. He's uh, this is like a high school band that I recently. Carrot top. No, they recently got back together, and um, who's the funny man? Ben Stiller. What? Yeah, Ben Stiller's in a punk band called Capital Punishment. You know what? It would be him though. Yeah, um, it would be him or Steve Carell. Carell, really? You think Steve Carell? Have you seen him recently? Yeah, yeah. He, he looks. Man, he, he looks good. Yeah, my wife was talking about him. He that peaked, the other day. man. I, I think he's at his peak, which is weird. Yeah, right. That's I mean, a little late for that. But. You know, he's like the Dos Equis guy. Yeah, most interesting man in the world. There you go. But yeah, man. So like I said, this is a punk band uh, that Ben Stiller's in. Uh, I guess they were just recorded an EP. I think it's interesting. Good stuff, man. I thought it was random. And with I uh, featuring hit songs like uh, "Gasoline Fight" and uh, "This is gonna be at least this is gonna be this is gonna need to be at least three times bigger." What is this? A school for ants? <laughs> anyway, uh, but this yeah. one's called "Blue Steel." Yeah, there you go. Now <laughs> I'm thinking. Ah, the Those are all references. Capital punishment. Anyway, but yeah, cool. yeah. So I thought that was kind of funny. I got I the other thing up on the notes. So when you hear uh, Vising, like like the Ein guys, mm-hmm. the I guys, what do you think? What two groups of people come to mind? Stoners. Yeah. And college students. I would say stone. Well, you could probably group those together. I would say stoners and people with like allergies, like me. Right? Okay. I never had to use Vising, thankfully. Um, you know, in either regard, smoking or allergies. Mm-hmm. But um, they're like 
starting to rebrand. I don't want to call it rebrand, but uh, kind of take a different approach to it, right? So I saw some Visine commercials the other day, and one of them was like, um, oh, you know, like keep your eyes like moist, keep them hydrated so you can game for longer, you know? And the other one was like, oh, yeah, you know, it was like same thing, like keep your eyes moist and hydrated so you never have to miss a minute, and it, you know, and it showed like a Netflix thing, you know, it's like you or, you know, that and like a sports thing. It's like you never have to miss anything. Okay. And I thought that was an interesting approach to the whole brand. Because hmm. like I said, you know, you, you think Visine, you're like, all right, stoners. And, you know, in my regard, there's people with allergies and stuff yeah. like that. But now they're like, oh, well, this is good for even your everyday common folk. Okay. That's interesting. interesting, right? I, yeah. I think the I think the gamer one's going to be uh, kind of an interesting uh, audience to reach out to. Yeah, it's true. Interesting. Didn't uh, wasn't Ben uh, Ben Stein? Is that his name? Was wasn't he the the former spokesperson for the Bizing, the guy who had the very monotone voice? This is your your eyes are dry. Yes, is, yes, yeah. he was. That's Ben Stein. Yeah, you know he's like a like a bazillionaire. Oh wow, copy that. Yeah, that was weird. Sorry, but yeah, I thought that was interesting. All right, Gabe. So let's go ahead and get into these movie topics for the week. Uh, and you can go ahead and uh, so uh, this is um, wrongfully under th- yeah. this is under wrong time. I figured we're gonna that. cover it now. Yeah. Um. So Chris Cornell had a statue erected in Seattle dedicated yep. to him. Uh, his kids unveiled it. Uh. What do you think? Yeah. 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 All right. There was that topic. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, like, um, maybe outside of like Kurt Cobain, who else do you associate with Seattle? Um. Seattle. 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 Uh, actually, I think that's a good point. Yeah, Star- and, and, and there's a difference coffee. between the two. Yeah, where one deserves it. Well, yeah, there's that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't want to speak ill of Kurt Cobain. I don't really. There's a musical quality difference between the two bands. The, well, the... three bands, four bands. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, but yeah, man. Um, you know, uh, I'm sure it would have done his heart well knowing that he'll it, be remembered like that. Yeah, yeah, he'll be remembered that way as opposed to the way that you know that he went out. So, um, but yeah, man, I think it's well deserved. Um, I like Chris Cornell. I was kind of heartbroken by him. Yeah, man, it was, it was rather unfortunate. Yeah, uh, but yeah. So yeah, I, I'm all I'm all for it, bro. You know? Yeah, good stuff. Good Why'd stuff. you put it under movies? And what? I, you know, I, I I must have seen it as music. Yeah. So that was probably my mistake. I saw the M and got trigger happy. Yeah. Yeah. Happy. Click, 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 click. All right. So uh, moving on to uh, Lilo and Stitch. So as you know. Um, Disney's just going about re- redoing all of their mm-hmm. classic animated films. As live uh, action. Yeah. And uh, Aladdin is is next. They dropped the trailer for that already. Yeah, not Lo- interested. Yeah, it didn't look too great to Hard me. Pass. No Robin Williams, no Aladdin. Well, Will Smith is in it. He's the genie. <laughs> yeah, okay. Okay. But, uh, but yeah, I guess next up on the agenda after Aladdin is Lilo and Stitch. I have mixed feelings about this. I don't like it. Are they get Wee Man to, to do Stitch? My th- well, like he's gonna have to be animated, right? <laughs> CGI. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. That's, that's what I'm saying. Right? Um, yeah, I have zero. Interest so what's in that. so what's the point? Leland and Stitch had two good movies and a TV show, a couple of like weird spinoff things, mm-hmm. and I mean it should pretty much stay like that. I think everybody every Disney cartoon had like a Disney sp- or like a Christmas. I remember, like a, I remember Aladdin Christmas definitely special. had a. TV show, an animated yeah. series. I remember that one. Toy Star did. They had the Buzz Lightyear. Oh, stuff. did they? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember the Buzz Lightyear stuff. Those are like those are shorts, though. I wouldn't call that a show. No, they had an actual show. Oh, like well, a full. Maybe I'm show. remembering something else then, because I remember they had like the five minute shorts. No, for like in between commercials. Oh yeah, that, that I remember. But I'm saying like they for sure had the the cartoon. Ah, it was like on that ABC Seven Family, like early in the morning kind of shit. Uh, you know, like when they would show that that the Disney's version of Doug, which was kind of like weird because everybody's left like off hue based on the Nickelodeon's Doug. That was a weird time. 
Weird time in my man's almost hit the microphone. My band, man, she. Uh, weird time in my life, you know. Yeah. Once, one Saturday morning kind of shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Good copy. Have but, you seen the? Um, somebody recently posted it on the internet. There's a side by side comparison of the Lilo and Stitch footage before 9/11 and after 9/11. Have you seen that footage? No. It's very interesting because they cut out. They completely cut out like two or three scenes, and they had to redo a whole bunch of them. Like the alien spaceship that they crash landed in Earth was originally a plane that they hijacked. Oh shit! Yeah, woof, right? Yeah. And there was some dialogue cut out. There were some scenes cut out. Uh, the poor ice cream dude had like a different um, introduction in that movie. So if you haven't seen it, check it out. You know, you could Lilo and Stitch 9/11. You'll find it. Um, hmm. It's pretty. It's pretty big. I just thought, um, well, you know, aside from being probably a good move on Disney's part, I just thought it was a very interesting comparison because that movie came out 2002. Okay. Because I remember they also went in and edited parts of uh, the OG Spider-Man. Live action with uh, oh yeah, yeah, with yeah. Defoe and our boy uh, mm. Topher Grace, mm. yeah, Topher Grace. <laughs> or I'm sorry, yeah, uh, what's this? Um, Toby Maguire. Toby Mag- Topher they, Grace. They look, with, yeah. they, they look similar. You, uh, see, you see it, right? Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, you know, check that out. I, it's um, you know, it's like a 40 second comparison, but it's it's like a world of difference. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah, man. So hmm. I'll, I'll send you that later. Very interesting, but yeah. So please stop. That's, all, that's basically my, my gist of it. And then we're going to get back to something further down the line. You probably could take a look at where I'm like, just stop. But we'll get there when we get there. All right, Gabe, you called this one. Okay, so what, two, three weeks ago, I said uh, DC should scoop up James Gunn. What have they done? They scooped up James Gunn. Mm-hmm. James Gunn will be writing and directing Suicide Squad 2. This is not a sequel. And uh, yeah, it, it's it's interesting. It, it's not you know it's not going to be called Suicide Squad Two, but it's supposedly not a sequel. It's going to be his own rendition of Suicide Squad. They want to bring. I think I think what they're trying to do is they're trying to bring that Guardians magic to Suicide Squad. What do you think? What do you think about this? Because because when I brought it up, you're like, eh, no, this is probably not going to happen. But now, well, now I'm even more turned off by the whole idea because it's. What do you mean, like his own rendition? Like, I'm confused it's by be this. James Gunn's interpretation of the Suicide Squad. But we already had a Suicide Squad that just came out, right? And that was garbage. I mean, yeah, you're right, but you can't just sweep it under the rug. You can have Margot Robbie in it. Is Will Smith gonna be in it? I would be a okay. Both of them were in it. I actually quite like both their characters. Yeah, I'm cool um, with it. But I think Jared Leto's Joker was good. I think everybody else was pretty much disposable. Mm, I don't know. That's on it. Um. It really depends on the angle they take on it. Here's here's my thing. James Gunn has proven that he can take a big cast of very contrasting characters mm-hmm. and interweave all their stories and personalities. And I think that's just what Suicide Squad needs. And kind of working in the vein of Guardians is just you know kind of what I'm referring to here. I think that if he sticks to maybe five central characters, Joker, Harley, Deadshot, and you know your pick... Mm-hmm. Uh, I would like to see Black Mana because I, you know, I kind of always duck Black Mana in Suicide mm-hmm. Squad. Um, and you know, you're a wild card fifth character. Mm-hmm. If you stuck to those five, maybe six core characters, really developed them, and kind of showed the mis the truly misfit side, and just you know, m- sprinkle some magic on it, I think it'll work. Interesting. I, so- I think if he took that angle where where they're put in another situation where they're like, oh, fuck, God damn it, we got to work together again, you know? And they almost, like, can't stand each other. Kind of take what the first movie tried to do, but just make it so much better. So you're into this idea? I like it. I like James Gunn. Maybe not um, his tweets, but 
Mm. I like his directing, yeah. uh, and I like his writing. He's he did a really good job. Guardians one and two are definitely some of my favorite Marvel. So movies. you're telling me that you have something positive to say about a superhero movie? Um, I'm saying I have hopes for a superhero movie, mm. which which is maybe even more rare than yeah. having, you know, yeah, than having something positive to say. <laughs> so we'll True. see. I think it was a good move by DC because all is fair in love and war. Yeah, I guess they got to make a comeback, man. You know they do. They definitely do. I just think it's very. That's an interesting call. Uh, you would think a guy like that, given what he said, wouldn't get any work. You know, hey man, desperate times, desperate measures. Yeah, I guess you're right about that. Your like third favorite Under Oath song, fifth. Yeah, probably fifth. Yeah, yeah probably five. Good. Copy. <laughs> All right, so I sent you a trailer this week. You did about a movie. The movie was called Mid '90s, and for those of you who haven't seen the trailer, please sit down and check it out. It's a movie directed directed by Jonah Hill. Was it written written by him too? Right, I believe so. Yes. Um, uh, okay, well, first and foremost, I want to throw this out there. Jonah Hill kind of grew up in our era. Yep. He's he's only a, a couple of years older than you. I believe he's like 28, yeah. 29. Mm-hmm. And he definitely grew up in that mid-90s vibe. And mm-hmm. so the movie is appropriately called Mid-90s. And it, uh, it's almost like a mockumentary documentary style where it follows the skater kid and just all sorts of weird shenanigans that they get into. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to do this the old-fashioned Second City Kids way. What are your initial impressions on it? My initial impressions were um, when you hear Jonah Hill, uh, you expect uh, comedy, right? You, th- you expect something less serious, absolutely. Yeah, for the most part. Um, so when I caught wind of it and I immediately kicked off and I saw his name, I'm like, okay. I'm like, well, it's going to be funny, right? Watching the trailer, that I get a different vibe from it. I think it's going to have funny moments because... It's, it's not going to be a comedy movie, yeah, though. But, it, but it, you know, these are kids dealing with shenanigans, right? Mm-hmm. Um, this is the way I'm going to compare it, right? You see, there's movies that, that that call back to a time period, like for instance, like The Wedding Singer, right? Mm-hmm. They call back to a time period while simultaneously making fun of that time period, right? And then there's movies that that are kind of funny, but do the same kind of deal where they call back to a certain time period, but they're not making fun of it. They like romanticize that time period. Dazing Confused comes to mind. Yeah. Right? Um, I think this is going to be more in the vein of that. Um, it's going to, because it's more of a vibe thing. It's a feeling thing. Um, and it's about establishing a world. And granted, we, you know, I would say the majority of people going to see this movie were around in the mid '90s, at least, to some form, you know, way or another. I think it's important to establish that vibe, that feeling, uh, and I think it does that. Um, like I said, it doesn't seem to be making fun of parroting the the time period. Yeah, it, it is a story that is well developed into the time frame, and it's going to be dated. Obviously, you look at the skateboards; we're kind of loud that those kids are running around. You know, here, here's um. Here's my kind of initial impression because okay. uh, our, our buddy Polk sent me this, by the way. He's the one that kind of found it. My initial impression was when I saw it, like the fisheye lens mm-hmm. of them skating, it brought me back to a time when I was like 13. And mm-hmm. I remember watching all those like elementality videos. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this captures that same feeling mm-hmm. I got perfectly. And you're absolutely right. It's 110% a vibe thing. Mm-hmm. And so um, I kind of want to, you know, I kind of wanted to encapsulate this with. Um, Jonah Hill has always been associated with the funny guy, the funny sidekick, right? Mm-hmm. You look at Wolf of Wall Street. Um, I, I would say his part in Django is easily one of my favorite parts of that movie mm-hmm. where he's in the clan, you know? Mm-hmm. And he's just always kind of been the the funny guy. And I remember an interview with him where, where they're like, oh, Jonah Hill, you know, blah, blah, you're not a serious actor. And he got legitimately upset. Yeah. And so I think um, this and the Maniac series he's doing on Netflix, I think these two are going to kind of escalate him from being a, your go-to comedy kind of... I don't want to compare him to Adam Sandler because I like Jonah Hill exponentially better. But, you know, going from your your typical staple comedy actor to 
somebody very well-rounded and you know and seeing how he's writing and directing this i think that this will take him to completely new heights you know um we actually somewhat talked about this previously where i mentioned that there was only one actor who could pull that off this was on a um agree or disagree i said i think robin williams is the only one who could do that and then you mentioned jonah hill Right. What, what was the agree or disagree? It, I, I said uh, Robin Williams is the only person who could simultaneously pull off serious and funny kind yeah. of material. Okay. Uh, and you were like, well, I, I think you're the one that threw out the Jonah Hill name. And I think if this project, which seems to be getting a lot of uh, critical acclaim, I think there's everybody who seems to you know, be excited has, like, about it. Yeah. Seems to be excited about it. Um, I think it's this first step along that kind of path, you know? Yeah, and I'm that. proud of him, man. Uh, coming from a guy who, who started in the, in the super bads, you know, that kind of shit and yeah. kind of just the kind funny, of the home the DIY movies. Yeah. The, the funny fat kid. And now he's going to be like a full blown, like, you know, writer, get, actor, director, yeah, yeah, man. getting the job done. And, uh, yeah, man, I'm really excited to see it. Um, it definitely piqued my interest immediately because it, it brings back some of that yeah. old timey goodness. And, um, I don't know how this movie is going to escalate, but I don't think it's going to be the same kind of shenanigans that you maybe see the Goonies getting into. Mm-hmm. No, no. I think that not. these shenanigans are going to be like life or death kind of shenanigans, or it's going to at least escalate to that point. Mm-hmm. So mid-90s, keep an eye out for that. I didn't catch the, the release date or anything like that, but we will yeah, I haven't checked it out. We will keep you people out there posted. Very cool. Uh, so you see the trailer for this yet? Nope. All right. So um, following it... Um, it came out obviously did very well and um pet cemetery is next they dropped a trailer for it um it, it, it it's bad the problem with this shit um with a lot of this tv i mean I, I saw bits and pieces of it and it looked intriguing but um when you're remaking this stuff they're making it with the modern scope with the modern you know you know like set scope and so it's too clean uh, doesn't have that the grittiness. Grit. Yeah. Doesn't have the grit, which is important with the Stephen with the Stephen King work. Uh, saw the trailer, didn't look super good to me. Um, kind of afraid of it. And the reason why I like I mentioned it previously with Leland, just it needs to stop is because I'm looking, and I'm like, fuck, The Shining's next, isn't it? The Shining has to be next. Carrie was already done. They did Carrie like five times. Uh, yeah, uh, the carry the the most recent carry remake wasn't that bad with Chloe Grace. I, I thought I, it was okay. yeah, I quite enjoyed. It. I thought it was okay. Um, like I said, I guess it did well. I didn't see it. I saw this, like I said the business pieces. I saw it seemed cool. Um, this looks bad to me, and uh, the Shining. Just, I don't know, man. That's uh, that's almost an untouchable. Yeah, the Shining is the line that you don't cross. Uh, I I don't I wouldn't say. I don't know if it'd be next. I don't know if it's gonna be five years or ten years, but down the line. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if it's anytime soon. I think you gotta wait like fifty years on that one, man. And I think we're approaching fifty because it was like what eighty, probably mid eighty something. Yeah, so probably in our lifetime, but I don't think it's gonna be anytime soon. Ah, it's just I don't think, man. You just can't. You can't do it. Yeah, <laughs> you can't do it. Yeah, man, untouchable. Yeah, but kind of, kind of speaking on that grit, right? There's this uh, anime. There's this boxing anime that was a uh, spring. Yeah, it was coming out in the spring. And um, so it was a bit of a newcomer. It has one season out currently. But what the producers did for the anime was they tried to capture that 90s grit to it. Mm-hmm. Because that 90s grit transcends more than just horror movies and everything. It was there for a lot of this stuff. And especially in like the anime world. Mm-hmm. So what they did, this this anime is being pro- was produced in 2018. You know, and we'll go on into 2019. But they kind of put that grit filter over it. And it worked really well because it had like a lot of barren landscape and mm-hmm. stuff. So this just kind of goes to show that... These producers are 
taking one step back but three steps forward with that kind of movement mm-hmm. you know so it's kind of it, it almost seems counterintuitive because you want it to be crisp and clean animations right mm-hmm. but by putting that 90s grit filter on it it just fits the setting and the theme so much more okay so yeah that one's called megalobox for all you uh animes out there okay. anime fans out there animes animes but yeah um pet cemetery oof yeah we'll see swing and a miss i guess we'll see yeah i guess we'll have to wait and see what if i told you there was a black widow movie in production would you be interested is Scarlett Johansson yeah. Black Widow? Yes. Yeah? You'd be interested? Yes. I think it's five years too late. I, I agree with that. I think that's I definitely... I think if they yeah. dropped it either before or like a year after the first Avengers... Uh, dude, that's exactly where I... the fuck out. That's exactly where I would have put it. So, um, I can't be mad at uh, at Scarlett because she closed $15 million on this deal. Yeah, crazy, right? Good for her, man. Um, But, you know, it's in production and um, I don't know. I, I guess, can you name me a Scarlet Widow villain? Yeah, I can't either. I think that's enough to be said about that. Yeah. Um, well, I think um, her background story is intriguing enough. You don't really have to. I think. You know I mean, here, here's my issue. Her background story, if not done carefully, it's going to fit in with the Atomic Blonde, with the Red Sparrow yep. movie, and it's just going to blend right in with those. It's that's gonna true. It's going to be another female-led spy movie, which isn't, there's nothing inherently wrong with that. It's just a lot of the execution is poorly done. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, but yeah, I, I was. It's a little, it's late. Yeah, you know, um, like you said, I probably would have put it. Either Especially di- now that our Avengers roster has gone from five to like ten. Yeah. Well, and then back down to five. But <laughs> well, you know, uh, that probably be fixed. I'm yeah. assuming. I just you know, kind of wrong time span. For yeah, me. definitely uh, should have happened earlier. I agree. Right before the first Avengers or right after the, the first Avengers, definitely. But yeah, um, that's interesting. I'm, I'm for that. I like I like Scarlet Joe. I think she. Yeah, I, I think Natasha Romanoff is an interesting enough character, but yep. is she interesting enough to bring it to the theater Yep, is the question. Yep. All right, talk to me about this next topic. All right, so this is something that IGN posted up. I don't know if it's been officially announced. I don't know if that was a real picture. I didn't even take a look to see who is playing this particular character. But uh, the caption was, this is Carnage, and it was Carnage. Kind of like how they have the Venom trailer with half yeah uh, half Eddie Brock yeah and uh, it looked kind of the same like the same kind of vibe half whoever the fuck is playing him and half Carnage mm-hmm. uh, so I guess IGN posted this up so it's pretty legit one would say right um, so how do you feel um, I'll get back to you when Venom comes out on the red box and then we could talk <laughs> about Carnage yeah uh, that being said who do you think would make a good Cletus Cassidy I got one actor in mind go he's already been in the Spideyverse go Willem Dafoe. He was an excellent goblin, mm-hmm. and I think he'd make an even better Carnage, because you could just fully unhinge Carnage. Yeah. Goblin still has that kind of uh, elegance to it. He's crazy but elegant. Mm-hmm. Carnage full unhinge. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I don't. I don't really have anybody at the top of my head that I think I could nail it. I just yeah, think sure. it's interesting. Uh, I think, or uh, I think Steve Buscemi would make an interesting Cletus. <laughs> I don't know how his southern accent is. I think he's got that crazy in him though. I oh yeah, definitely. definitely got that crazy. Yeah, fuck yeah. Um, but yeah, I think uh, based on what we saw with the first Spider-Man movie, the one that uh, the MCU came out with, um, Homecoming. You talking about yeah, that one? I don't think Carnage fits in that. the new Spidey theme. Yeah, that kind of yeah. Universe. Carnage is too serious of a villain. Yeah. Um. So that's why I think if this was kind of necessary. Uh, I think it should have happened probably ten years ago, you know, when Tobey Maguire still was at the helm of this thing. Um, but 
you know, it is what it um, is. Yeah, like I said, I'm going to wait to watch Venom because maybe it would be a more fitting Venom villain. Mm. You know, I didn't even think about that. As opposed to a Spidey villain. You know what I'm saying? Because you kind of have, uh, it's, it's day and night. Yeah. Those two characters, it really is. Yeah, even uh, when Carnage gets crazy, Venom's like, whoa, bro. Yeah, chill, yeah even, even chill Venom's the, like, Whoa. chill the fuck out. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're doing too much. Yeah, man. I always liked the uh, the Spidey villain gallery. I thought it was always really good. Yeah, villains. Carnage is one of my favorite. Same, same. Uh, there's a, man, there's a whole bunch. I like the Hop Goblin personally. Yeah. But. Okay, let's move on to some gaming topics. All right, so basically, I mean, this is a, a minor talking point. I don't imagine we'll go on a lot. Of, go very long with it uh sony has announced that no surprise they are working on new hardware well they mentioned we covered that um they said something along the lines of not anytime soon but the ps4 lifespan is coming to an end coming right? to an end yeah and well like i said well kind of usually like i said not anytime soon but here they are saying yeah we're working on the next one mm-hmm. already i think that is kind of soon you know um i feel like my be- i think it's fine because you should always kind of be looking at what's next. Yeah. Um, my issue comes into play to see, and they and they will, because you know Sony's a big place, big big business. I just want them to make sure that the four goes out on good terms. Yeah. You know, the last thing you want is for them to be like, oh, we got all this crazy new hardware and you know, and all this crazy good stuff for the PS5, and then they start neglecting the four. Well, to be fair, I don't. They haven't done that in the past. Yeah. They've. Uh, kind I, of- I don't think any any of the major three have done that. Uh, well, the Wii U, recent years. the Wii U kind of got shat on, like, but that was it was shat on from concept uh, to conception, I guess. I mean, it, it was a seventh gen console; it was bound to be losing at that point. It was yeah. completely, completely different audiences that the that the PS3, 360, and Wii were targeted towards. Yeah, it was just losing from day one. Yeah, but um, that's the Nintendo cycle. They drop a console, then they drop a handheld. Yeah, then they drop. A console and then a handheld. And yeah. then they remaster some Pokemon games in between. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. So um so 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 I kinda wanna touch up on this, right? I kind of um even though I've transitioned into being a PC gamer, mm-hmm. I do appreciate the consoles because you gotta fit um the best possible hardware, the best possible like operating system on the hardware, and all this all this features for around 500 bucks and do this neat little system right Mm -hmm. but the beauty of it it comes when these people make the games and they take full fucking advantage Mm -hmm. of everything that's included and i think that's really respectable and um especially for a lot of these exclusive games where it's made just for the bone or it's made just for the playstation like god of war you know like i want god of war for the pc because i know it's going to be better but it's not going to come out for the pc Mm -hmm. you know and seeing as these people uh, Insomniac, right? They, or not Insomniac, I'm sorry. Who did God of War? Santa Monica Andrew. Studios. Santa Monica Studios, right? They took every ounce of this PS4 hardware that was available and all its you know all its potential, and they harvested it. And that was, that's kind of the beauty of the console wars here. There's a, that's always, uh, I feel like at the 75% mark, that's always when... Every, when the big bangs yeah, come out, right? All, all of the consoles hit their stride right at that... Not right, not right at the end, but just before because um, I think uh, even The Last of Us was kind of in the same vein yeah. where it was like maybe like 80% through the console's yeah, lifespan. I, I think I think the year after that game came out, the 4 was announced. Yeah, I believe so. Or maybe a year or two. Not not that long. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, but, it, was, it was so recent that they came out with the remaster like immediately with the, the 4. Absolutely. But I just think that's the beauty of it. Like you, the, the easy way and you know the way it mostly happens when you have games that are on all three 
it's like, well, you know, I could play it okay on console or, you know, if you have a PC, you could just get it there and we're mm-hmm. it better. But the beauty of it is on those exclusives. Yeah. Like God of War. And I don't know any Xbox One exclusives. Because they don't have any anymore. Everything's all, if it's all Microsoft, it's like it's going to be on PC as well at this point. Mm, Master Chief Collection is not on PC. It's That's not? the one I'm waiting for. Is it? Yeah. But that had a lot of issues from uh, from day one. We're yeah. not going to get into that. Uh-huh. But yeah, man, I just kind of want to touch on that because um, you mean you know maybe not so much now, but you know back in sixth gen with like the PS2 and Xbox, different times. Yeah, different times. You it was very, the Wild West back in the day, man. It really was, man. But you had, like I said, man, you you had limitations, and then you had these people working within them, but maximizing that potential within the limitations. That was the beauty of it. And here we are near the end of that the the console's lifestyle. Like life cycle. I'm sorry, that's a weird weird way to say that. Um, I fully anticipate the Last of Us two being on it. Are we kind of pissed if they wait for the five? Honestly, I'd be kind of irritated by that. Nah, I think I think it's definitely going to be on the four, mm-hmm. but then it's probably going to be like the like the game you get with the five, like the launch title. Hmm. But uh, so yeah, uh, this, this seems like these cycles are coming to an end sooner. Yeah, I was I was about to say that though. I guess the three and the three sixty had like a ten year reign, didn't they? And when did the PS4 come out? Two thousand twelve? No, I don't know that. Thirteen, fourteen probably. We're probably. Com- we're coming to ten years close, man. Well closer to eight, I would say. Well, I guess you're right. Jeez, man. I just think time is going by faster. Yeah, I guess. And the fact that we're actually spending money on these, whereas opposed to... Well, I've done, to be fair, to be 100% honest, I've been buying my own consoles since the PlayStation 2. So I I bought my own 360 and the PS4. I was, however, gifted an original Xbox. Mm. But, mm. Um, yeah, the PS4 came out in 2013. Yeah. So we're on five years. I would probably give it to 2021, maybe. So eight years. Yeah, I guess that I lines up. I think that's up. fair. Yeah, I guess that lines up. But, yeah, man, so... We'll see what's next. I love what my favorite thing about this time period is all the shitty concept art that these would be uh, designers, console designers come out with. That it's just like that looks got awful. That it doesn't look good. Oh, for the console itself. Yeah, like all the faux artwork that comes out and stuff like that. And everybody's like, this is what it's going to look like. And it's always like horrible nine times out of ten. And every now and then you're like, wow, that was cool. And then near the end, like 80% of the way, like till the council being announced, you're like, oh, that one sucks. And that's usually the one that becomes the council. <laughs> you know what I, I mean? Copy that. Uh, but yeah, so I think it's cool. Moving on. It's a little bit more, a little bit more Sony news as we keep it moving and grooving. Um, we, soon, soon-ish, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, we are going to be allowed to change our PSN ID numbers. For free? For free, I believe, yes. For, for the one time is free, I'm guessing. No, I'm pretty sure it's going to be for free. I mean, I think it'd be kind of ridiculous to charge for that. Uh, as long as you used to. Really? Both consoles used to, yes. Really? I don't know You that. got one for free, and then anything after that, they charge you. Weird. But, um, so yeah, I mean, like, um, there should be a limit on it, obviously. You shouldn't be able to change your fucking name every day. But, you know, it's coming. So, that's cool. I'm going to indulge. Uh, my gamer tag is really old. So, it's time for me to move on to greener, to greener pastures, so to speak. Copy that? Yeah. If the grass is greener on the other side, that just means you're not watering your own grass. True. You know? True. But, um, so yeah, that's cool. Uh, a couple of things. I, I have something that I don't have on the docket. Uh, I caved and I bought the new blops, right? Uh, got like 20 minutes in before Gabe even got here. But being in uh, the Call of Duty, you know, scene for 15 years or whatever the fuck it's been now, uh-huh. um, 
It feels like Call of Duty. <laughs> yeah, can't be that. Um, time to kill is a little bit long. But again, this is only what, 20. It's not what we discussed. Yeah. Um, get back to us when you got like 20 ish hours. Yeah. In, and then yeah, we, yeah. Could, we could have a discussion. Faux show. It. I just, that's just early impressions. I am holding my ground. If it goes up for sale on Black Friday, I don't know. Might cop it. Might not. We'll see. I got some uh, other things that, that take pre- precedence on Black Friday. Like what? What do you, what do you, what do you got planned for Black Friday this I year? I want a new chair. I want to get a new chair? I want to get a new chair for, uh, for my desk. Mm. That's like top priority. Ooh, okay. Um, I need one too. Yeah. Uh, yesterday I was using that chair and I was playing Madden. I wasn't even like, I don't really freak out when I play Madden like that. Uh, but when the play is happening, I lean, into, lean up into my chair. Once the play is over, I lean back. Mm-hmm. Not th- This chair doesn't make any noise, but that motherfucker squeaks. Makes, like Adriana's like, are you okay in there? I'm like, yeah, like I'm cool. She's like, the chair makes a lot of noise. Maybe it's time to get rid of that. I'm like, copy that. To be fair, that chair is was it's so old that um, it was the old computer desk for my house in Francisco back when I was still living in the hood. Oof. Yeah, so it's been at least... 15 years copy that yeah so chairs number one because i've been kind of wanting a chair since like august ish okay um and then i i think that's like the bigger of the bunch maybe some small things along the way nothing crazy yeah but yeah i don't know might might let's scoop it might not we'll see um i'll let you know you you know what i found the other day Hmm. do you remember what the pre-order uh gift was for black ops one do you remember what it was black ops one yes was it the little RC XD? Little RC no, car? that was for the second one. That no, the there was an RC XD, but that was for like the crazy hundred twenty dollar pre order. The the one that everybody got if you pre ordered it was a cell animation of the dude repelling into the window. Do you remember that? No, no, I'll bring it over. I, I found it. That thing is seven years old and it is in great condition. Huh? Yeah, I'll bring it over, man. It's really cool. Let me know. Yeah, that's so I'll show you that. You, you'll see it and you'll be like, oh. Interesting. Yeah, it's a scene from the campaign. Yeah. In, uh, in Seoul. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> my second kind of, sort of, kind of review is, uh, well, actually, I have two. Mm-hmm. Two more other than that. So, I played Laser League. Okay. Right? Uh, simple, fun. Uh, I can imagine how people get really addicted to it. Um, Copy that. It's really interesting. It's kind of a, it's just kind of a, you know. Strategy game. Strategy game. Yeah. But you have to be quick kind of quick th- thinking and work cooperatively with your teammates. You, sh- you know, they have different classes of characters that do different things and it's kind of cool. Uh, so if you're into that kind of stuff, check it out, man. Check it out. Uh, and then I tried out the other game, the other new, uh, free game of the month, which Friday is the 13th, Friday the 13th. And just like the movies, garbage it is <laughs> fucking garbage. <laughs> yeah, buddy. And I can uh, speak to the the Friday the 13th movies because me and Adrian and I watched one and two again yesterday and I'm like, this is really boring. Really boring. So, um, like I said, I played it and it's like in Dead by Daylight, you get hit, at least you have a chance, right? Mm-hmm. This is, he grabs you, then you're dead. Like, you don't, there's no chance. <laughs> mm, copy that. Um, copy that. So I think that will probably be hitting the trash bin soon enough. Maybe I'll play it a couple, a little bit more. Hey man, it was free. Yeah, can't be mad. And uh, honestly, I don't understand how anybody could have played more, paid more than like twenty bucks for that thing. It was really, really boring. Because you're just running around until he finds you, and then he, he cabs you, and then it's over. <laughs> yeah, copy that. I guess that's the downfall of horror, a lot of horror games, at least. Yeah, um, they're just uh, a lot of them are half baked now. Yeah, I remember when Call of Cthulhu came out. That was an excellent game. Mm-hmm. But uh, you ready for these games? We just or the yeah the games for the week yeah 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 yeah. All right, so I I brought with me uh, when was the blank? Okay. 
All right, let me let me pull up my little separate document that you can't look at because it's a secret. All right, uh, I think you'll appreciate these. When was the first time you had Chipotle? Tell me about your experience. Uh, first time I had Chipotle, I actually didn't like it. I went with. Oh my... wow! Look at you now. It's yeah. Six times a week. It's not that bad. Like the Beatles song, eight days a week. Yeah. Um, first time I went, I went with my sister. I got the carnitas. Didn't like it. Uh, because she was hyping it up. Because this was like maybe. 2013, 2012. Yeah, maybe. there was like maybe two locations open, three locations that were mm-hmm. like close. So I tried it. I didn't like it. And then the next time, I'm like, well, let me try the stick this time. And I was like, oh, it's really good. Oh. And then my life changed. Now, the carnitas just, uh, it's just not, I just didn't. Not your favorite form of carnitas? Yeah. Was well, it? when your wife's parents make food like that, this is true. It's hard to compete. This is true. And I make some pretty good carnitas myself as well. But, um, that's fair. That's yeah. Really fair. Uh, that was my first time having Chipotle. I guess I, I didn't. I didn't like. It. I went to the one on 95th and whatever the fuck that is. Uh, by the mall. Yeah, by the mall. Yeah. So uh, my first time was actually at the same Chipotle. Ooh. Um. So this was like 2012, 2013, when I was still a near dwell, right? So me and my buddy were uh, were high as balls, and we were with these people, and they're like, "Hey, let's go to Chipotle," and I'm like, "Yeah, let's go to Chipotle," you know. So they start ordering, and then, you know, my turn comes up, and I'm like, yeah, can I get a bowl? And, you know, they're all, (laughs) right? You're stupid. Here's what it kicks in, right? They're like, white or brown rice? And I'm like, yes. (laughs) And they knew, man. They they knew. They're like, yeah, we got you. That was my first time at Chipotle, and, man, was that shit good. (laughs) Oh, shit. So, yeah, man, that's some uh, throwback from from my delinquency days. From your youth. From my youth. All right, when was your first real pit experience and i don't mean like you're on the edge like you're like in there in the pit do you remember yours i remember mine such a long time ago dude i couldn't even pinpoint one no not one i can't remember not even an artist no it's been so long i've been doing this since i was nine dude <laughs> yeah copy that. you know what i mean copy i really knew that. how to walk and i was in a mosh pit for crying out loud but um yeah i, I can't i honestly i wish i could remember i can't remember it's been such a long time good copy long then. time good copy Yours? Mine. Um, so I think I was like 16. We drove up to the show in Bloomington. Yeah, it was um, it was the ghost show, Deftones and Avenged. And so um, Deftones came on and it was one of those like, uh, I, I could compare it to the time we saw Fit for a King where it was just no movement and that just complete fucking utter chaos. And I was caught in the middle of it. Well, man, was it fun. <laughs> I remember that like first time that uh, that adrenaline like ran through me and I was like, but yeah man chino chino is such a good frontman and that was that was 2013 14 i seen some footage of him recently it didn't sound too good man hey uh, man when i saw him back then he, he still had it i'm sure he did and yeah. that was right after their bassist got into that really bad coma and so you know he was yeah. singing for two that yeah, day that's for sure so yeah man wow was it really that was that that was because he he got into the accident 2012 and i really? think the show was 2013 yeah wow so yeah, that seems like a, such a long, I thought he was in that coma for a, like such a long time ago. I thought I felt like I was still in high school. But yeah, that was uh, that was right around the time where uh, Diamond Eyes came out. Yeah, I do. Yeah, because I remember they played that, and that was still a single at that point. I was mm. like, Oof, this wow. bangs. Yeah, man, Deftones. Uh, in my experience, they've been good live. Mm-hmm. I don't know how they are recently. I know they they played that show in Santa Monica yesterday, mm-hmm. where, like Dance Gavin Dance and System of Down. You know, all these giants. Cool. So I guess we'll just have to see, man. Deftones has always been this new metal band I hold dear to me. Um, kind of grew up with them, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, what was the first spooky movie 
that like legitimately frightened you? Paranormal Activity. First one? First one. How old were you when you saw it? Whenever it just came out on DVD. So I'd imagine I was 14, 14 15 probably. The, like, cause I grew up around horror movies, right? Uh-huh. And like, the guy in the mask doesn't really get to me, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you quite like the guy in the mask. Yeah, you want to interview the guy in the mask. I'm, I'm a fan of the guy in the mask. Uh, but the uh, demon that you can't see making scary noises, nah. Yeah, yeah. We talked about this last week. How we're we're a bit more spooked than the paranormal. Uh, motherfucker, I don't like it. Stop it. You stop it now, demon. You're being evil. Uh, that's the one off the top of my head. I mean, obviously, like, there's like the Exorcist and stuff that really, yeah, that, yeah, that, that really fucks with me. But like. As far as like me like sitting down and watching a movie, I'm like, oh, what the fuck? You know what I mean? Getting really uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Paranormal Activity is one of them. For Copy sure. That. For sure. Copy that. Um, the Exorcist isn't the first one. It is, however, the second one that like really fucked me up. Because I saw that a bit later in my life. I saw that when I was like 14, maybe 15. Yeah. So I waited a bit on that one. But the first movie that like really kind of got to me as a horror film, I always enjoyed zombie movies. I kind of, um, not to make myself sound like a fucking sociopath, but I kind of enjoyed the gore. Yeah. Right? And... When I saw the 2004 remake of Dawn of the Dead and these things were sprinting and screaming and like jumping off buildings, I was fucking terrified. I remember looking out my window into the backyard, you know, just making sure no fucking zombies were trying to sneak through my garden or some shit. Man, that movie fucked me up real good for a bit there. I know uh, the answer for my sister. She saw the remake of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Was it that one? And it it got her so bad. She's like, can you sleep in the room like on the floor? (laughs) I'm like, yeah, and then she slept with the light on for like two days. Hey, dude. bird, look at my new chainsaw. I <laughs> <laughs> love the Simpsons. But yeah, man, that, that was the first one that really kind of got to me. You know, mm. I think it was just the the wild transition from brains to yeah, yeah, yeah man. It so was a big it's, jump. Uh, it's Chelsea Grin's first album, bro. Yeah, bro. Uh, to uh, just just play Recreant, bro. <laughs> play Recreant for two hours, and you got uh, Dawn of the Dead 2004. Interesting. Yeah, I like that question. That was a good one. Very cool. Um. Those are the ones I brought with me. Oh, is it? Yeah. So let's talk uh, new game. You made this one, didn't you? Which one is this? Hold on. My bad. To meme or not to meme? All right. So there, yeah, there's. I got three things, all right? All right. So obviously the internet is known for uh, the memes, right? Obviously. Wow. Old man Jacob finally caught up yeah, to Yeah, man. I can't figure it out what it means. Oh, but I feel like this game's going to be cringy. It's going right, to be So basically the, the, the point of it is... is is it a meme to you, or do you legitimately enjoy such things, right? Oh, okay. That yeah. doesn't sound so bad. Yeah, it's not, it's not that bad. Um, I only got three. I got three starting off, sure. and I just want your general opinion. If you actually enjoy it as like a guilty So if pleasure. you like it, or if you like it ironically. Yeah. Okay. So number one, Nickelback. Do you? I ha- never liked them. Never, it ever. just third option. I never liked them. They've never had a song that you enjoy? No. Really? Not once? Nope. Not even in the early 2000s, bro? Nope. Interesting. Interesting. Never a fan, never will be. Okay. Stay far the fuck away from that. All Especially right. now where uh, OG Bobby Chatty talking about how he's better than Corey Taylor. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, that's real funny. That's real funny. Yeah. Man. Okay. Next. Uh, attack, attack. Uh, not to me. I quite enjoy attack, attack. I know no. we enjoy different eras of attack, attack. I was always... Because I, I, I grew up with the Someday Came Suddenly. But I do like, you know, the Wretched, Smokahontas. Those are still definitely up there on Attack Attack songs for me. Mm-hmm. Or I know you're you're like towards the end of their discography. Yeah. Where I'm kind of early. But I do enjoy them, so not to meme. Not to meme. All right, cool. And uh, last one. I don't know if you've seen it. You've probably seen it. Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Uh, to meme. To meme? To definitely meme. to meme. Definitely God damn to it. Meme. Not to meme, man. Not to meme. I you like it, it like that? I, I, know it's, I know it's god awful, 
but I fucking love it because it was god awful even for the nineties. Yeah, it was really bad. <laughs> oh man, I uh, they they gave it an effort, man. They gave it the good old college tryout. <laughs> I think they went into it like, yeah, we want all this and that and this, and the studio was like, yeah, no, and they're like, oh fuck, now we got to do something. <laughs> I will say the Mortal Kombat cartoon in the nineties though was pretty good. Oh god, that's a that defender. Which one, Defenders of the Realm? Uh yeah, Defenders of the Realm. Ugh. Ugh. Oh, oh no, happy that Annihilation is a lot better than that. I think <laughs> just because I like uh, my favorite thing about the movie is within the first probably minute and a half where uh, Raiden makes his in-game noise when he fucking does the Superman. They fucking copy, they copy and paste the fucking noise into the movie, and it was so bad. Copy, and they killed off Johnny Cage after two minutes. We're not gonna get into that. <laughs> so yeah, that's the new game. I'm gonna like I said, I'm gonna come up with more. Let's and more. keep this up. I, I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that was kind of fun. So you got more of these, Gabe? Or no? Those are those are the two for this week. Oh really? We'll bring some more next week. Nice, nice, nice. So let's talk music. Last week we said that we're gonna bring back some uh, some albums that have influenced us over the years. Mm-hmm. And I said, fuck a top five. Let's do a top seven because mm-hmm. I think you could fill top five with just stuff from. I don't know, when you were a teenager in your youth, right? So I kind of opened it up to top seven to give you a little bit more reach and room, maybe something more recent. Uh, let's go one by one, because I think we're going to have some overlap here. Okay, so, so seven you, up. Uh, I'm sorry, what? Seven up. Seven going upwards. No, I'm saying like you go one, then I'll go one. No, I'm and saying, but we're going to start at seven and then work our way up. I didn't rank mine. Oh, you mine didn't are, rank Mine your... are unranked. Okay. So are yours ranked? Mine are ranked. All right, go bottom up then. All right. Uh, number seven, no surprise, my favorite album by one of my favorite bands of all time, Vanna Void, is number seven. Excellent album. Yep. Uh, I don't have to harp on it. I have talked about it at length. Yeah, there was like a 40-episode span where we just could not talk about yeah. it. Yeah. Could yeah. not not talk about Vanna. Yeah. So I love it, and it's great. Very so. cool. Very, very good influential album. Um, it did not make my cut, unfortunately. Oh, okay. And I think that's, uh, I think I got into the Vanna game kind of late. And yeah. I think that's what it was. Um... I don't even know where to fucking start with these. Okay, so I'll start in kind of the the least expected one of mine. Um, As Blood Runs Black, their first album, Allegiance. Mm -hmm. This was the album that kind of exposed me to deathcore, and it bumps, and everything on that album is perfect, and those blast beats are so fucking heavy, it sounds like some homeless dude smacking his head against the pavement, and I love it. (laughs) And I consistently go back to the album. Mm -hmm. We actually, you know, I... I charged up my old iPod that's like seven years old right now. You're supposed to bring that into the show. Yeah, I'll, I'll bring it in one of these days. But I put it on shuffle and sure as shit to his Blood Run Black song came out. And I was like, yep, <laughs> this is me. Yep, very, very cool. All right, fire away, Jake. Number six, talked about it last week. Don't need to get further into it. Bring me the uh, bring me the horizon. There is a hell. Believe me, I've seen Yes, it. I also have There is a hell. Uh, we covered it in length. Um, just to kind of sum it up in case you missed last week's episode, it was the first kind of music that we were exposed to that was more than music. It was mm. more of an experience mm-hmm. in that sort of vein. Mm. Yeah, catch a review on that because we, we probably saw one too. Listen to the show. So that's uh that's two apiece now. This is my number three in no particular order. Um, All American Rejects, move along. So this was the first CD that I ever owned, mm. and I think that had a really big part to do with it. And I love all the tracks on it. I think it's just a great fucking album. Um, yeah, you know, it was kind of pop punky. But I just think that what they're doing, what they were doing at that point, is really kind of resonated with me. All right, cool, fair enough. Uh, number five for me, maybe a little bit of a surprise because I don't think you really know that side. Thirty seconds tomorrow is a beautiful lie. Is Ooh, number, wow, number yeah, I did not expect that. My number five. Uh, man, there's just so many good songs on it. Uh, Attack, you know, uh, 
Kill, The Kill, all that good stuff, man. The Beautiful Eye, the song itself is gorgeous. One of my favorite songs of all time. Uh, and yeah, man, I was in high school when this shit came out, or just started it, and this is. It was like mind mind controlling, like amazing, beautiful music. And I love it. Very so. good copy. Did not expect that from you. Mm-hmm. Do you remember a band by the name of Close to Home, post hardcore band? I do, do recall yeah. such name. They dropped an album called Momentum, and that is on my list. Um, oh wow! Very good post hardcore band. Unfortunately, split up in 2013, and uh, I never got a chance to see them live. Unfortunately, but this album always kind of stuck with me. They sung about some real shit and that some you know relatable shit at that time in my life. Um, yeah, man. Always kind of revisited the album over the years, too. Very cool. So that's on there for me. All right. So I think from here up, I've talked about this these albums at length, or I've talked about how much they mean to me, at least. Uh, number four, Slipknot, self-titled. Oof. Because, All right. We're going to have a Slipknot talk here. Yeah, because it was fucking just face-melting, beautiful yeah, music. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was just heavy as fuck for no fucking Good reason. Good stuff. Did you, did you check out the... Uh... I did. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so I also have one of two Slipknot albums on here. I couldn't decide. And um, so I'm going to start off with this one. My original thought process was 9.0 Live. Okay. That was my first Slipknot experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was kind of what kind of got me into the metal scene. You know, I had a buddy who was really into Slipknot, and he's like, hey, here's a copy of 9.0 Live. Let me know what you think. And I thought it was fucking brutal. I thought, you know, the drunken slur that is Corey Taylor at that point in his life well, was it wasn't, excellent. Well, it wasn't so much that he was drunk. It was the fact that he couldn't sing through the fucking mic, the mask. <laughs> yeah, but I, I really enjoyed that album. And I think some of those songs like End of Everything is so much better live. And like mm-hmm. Wait and Bleed, I think it was just such a great live rendition. But, and then, you know, came this other album, also by Slipknot, which is arguably the one I've spent the most time with. Which is volume three. This oh verses. wow. Okay. So I couldn't decide between those two. It's definitely one of those two. One was kind no. of the introduction. The other one was kind of the the devotion. You know what I'm saying? Like Pulse of the Maggots, Three Nil, Opium of the People, all fucking bangers. And then even like stuff like Vermilion Part One and Two, mm. excellent tracks. And you know, Virus of Life, super spooky. So I don't know, man. It, it's, it's between one of those two. It was between for me. It was between Iowa and Self Titled, but the Self Titled impl- just aged so much better than yeah. Iowa. I wouldn't say that, but it's just that the influence on me was greater, which is, you know, I mean, the Copy whole that. point of the conversation. Copy that. It changed my life. So yeah. It changed um, my life. So, uh, good stuff. Yeah, I enjoy it. So, number three, talk about this one in, uh, in previous episodes as well. Eminem, the Marshmallows LP, legitimately changed my life, formed how I, how I base my opinions, formed how I, uh, kind of how I interact with other people. And, uh, yeah, my parents bought it for me when I was like five. So, Good copy. Yeah. Good copy. Changed my life. Um, <clears throat> mine is uh, The Wonder Years. Suburbia have given you all um, nothing. Another mm-hmm. kind of pop punk band. And uh, fun, fun fact, they're out of PA. And so is, you know, my girlfriend over there. Nice. So when they sing about, you know, the highways like 309, she's like, oh, you've been on 309. Um, <laughs> is that what you sound like, Maddie? <laughs> <laughs> I, I exaggerate voices. I know. But <laughs> this album... Uh, I scooped this album when I was like early high school, I think like a freshman, right? Mm-hmm. And um, at that point, I was just so balls deep into the metal scene with like Chelsea Grin has Blood Runs Black, Slipknot, all that remains when, you know, the Final of Ideals came and I was in my like gym rat phase where I was like six times a week, no excuses, blah, blah, blah. You know, so the metal kind of helped with that. Mm-hmm. But this album came out and I was like, holy shit. Like, you know, first and foremost, The Wonder Years always delivers. 
uh, well, they did at that point with their music and they always sung about some real shit. And that was the kind of part of my life where I started like exploring things, meeting new people, doing new stuff that I've you know never been exposed to before. Mm-hmm. And this album kind of reflected that part of my life, you know, which is like a common trend with a lot of these albums. But like going to Denny's at 3 a.m. when we're high as balls and getting the Grand Slam, you know, they sung about that and we did that kind of stuff, you know. Okay. The question is, was it because of them or was it just a coincidence? I guess we'll see. But yeah, man, just that album has so much good stuff in it. And growing up in like, a, I want to call it a shitty suburb, but like a boring suburb, they did some relatable stuff. Like, no offense to, to all you city slicks. I didn't grow up in the city, man. But when you got these suburb, suburb kids singing about that boring life, that you know, that's going to drag me in. That's why um, I think Adidas remembered us so well, because a lot of those kids can relate to that. Yeah. I, I noticed that a lot of the kids who are into Adidas, I remember, are from like Tinley Park and shit like where they understand kind of what they're talking about. Me, I've always been from a major city like... I lived in the city. Yeah. I, I, you know. they've, they've got a massive reach. Mm-hmm. And I think that's to, to say that that's their main fan base is kind of not giving them credit. Well, I'm saying it started there. Yeah. But yeah. I, I see what you're saying. Yep. Um, those are actually my seven because you covered like three of mine. We oh, okay. Because I, to, to review, I had There's a Hell. I had this, you know, one of the two Slipknot albums, The Wonder Years, it's Baldur and Black, All That Remains, or I'm sorry, All American Rejects. And close to home. Those are my seven. Oh, so you put two Slipknot albums on there? No. Go again. Oh wait, that's only six. Oh shit! Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I got you done. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, cause I'm like, I got it, like two more, dude. <laughs> All right, uh, moving on then. We'll wrap it up with me then. Under oath to find the great line. That's what I was missing. Yeah, yeah. yeah it goes definitely on there for me. Goes without saying. It's just a what was the first song off that album you heard? I heard it when it came out, so whatever, whatever the first single was. Writing on the Wall? Was that the first one? That, yeah. that was the first Under Oath song I ever heard, period. Writing I think probably it would have to be, I think it's in regards to myself. I think. Whatever, whatever that first, like I said, that first single off that album. That, that's Because I, I was an Oath fan prior. We talked about this in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that shit just like, the opening riff of just the... Gnarliest the, thing with uh, the reel. Yeah. Oh my God. It just fucking, Excellent video too. Yeah, it fucking just got me so fucking amped. And it changed my life. Good copy. Yeah, that'll probably have to be my seven. <laughs> there you go. And number one, for anybody who's known me for any extended period of time, Linkin Park, Hybrid Theory. Ooh, wow. Hybrid Theory, not a hunting party? No, or, no, 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 no. Hybrid Theory, um, what an excellent album all the mm-hmm. way around, man. It was very early 2000s cringe, mm-hmm. but the, I think the message really transcends the cringe. Yeah. And there was a lot of good stuff going on in that album and a lot of good stuff that carried over into mm-hmm. Minutes Midnight Meteora, so on mm-hmm. and so forth. Mm-hmm. But Hybrid Theory, man. Yeah, that, what a fucking banger. Yeah. You, you got a favorite off that album? I do. I do. Uh, it's it's Paper Cut. Yeah. Paper, Paper Cut's my favorite Linkin Park song. Same. probably Probably ever. Well... Off that album, mine is Paper Cut, not my all-time favorite. What's your all-time favorite Linkin Park song? Bleed It Out. Ooh, okay. I love Bleed It Out. Mm. It's just one of those songs I could just chant along to every single time. Interesting. Uh, yeah, Paper Cut, uh, that intro, once the intro kicked in, because it was the first song off the track, I and this, I, didn't, I know I've mentioned this, my life changed after that. Good copy. It was, Linkin Park was the first kind of branch band where I, that my whole world just was, the you know, got Good sucked copy. in. I want to make an honorable mention. They didn't quite make the cut. Uh, the Offspring. Lots of good stuff come from The Offspring. And that was like a majority of what I listened to for, I don't know, like a whole year of my life, I would say. It was just the Offspring discography. Okay. Because they got so many goodies. Uh-huh. So that was my little honorable mention. Interesting. Good. 
So yeah, yeah man, that that wraps that up. Uh, it was yeah, fun. It was, it was so, fun to make that list. I think. Um, I don't want to say yours are predictable. I think I kind of knew what yeah. your seven were going to be. Yeah. It was pretty easy. Like I said, if you know me for an extended period of time, I talk about these albums at length. You know. Do you think you could have pinpointed mine aside from like there is a hell? Probably. Uh, well, I know you mentioned the the American Rejects, the All American Rejects one. Yeah, I think we we spoke about that. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't have guessed the Wonder Years. I'm surprised you didn't have any like rap. There's a lot of good rap albums. My rap taste has evolved, uh, for better or for worse, along the years though. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't really give you a, a full album unless it was like a Cuddy album because I know those albums really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just surprised. I figured you would have had more than I would have based on previous conversations that we talked about. Yeah, copy that. Um, so l- let's talk about Logic a little bit. You checked out the uh, Young Sinatra 4 album, right? Or I did. Tape, should we call it? Yep. What'd you think? I liked it, man. Um, what were some, some good vibes you were getting from it? I just, uh, I like, I know, I think he mentioned, like, made a joke about that boom bap kind of style where it's kind of got that jazzy kind of influence. I like that style of rap. I know it's kind of like an East Coast thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that vibe. I, I'm so fucking sick of this trap bullshit then, mumble rapping nonsense that, that comes With out. With the triplets. Da, 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 yeah, da, yeah, I'm so sick of it, man. I've had, I've, I've had enough of it. I don't even listen to the shit. But every time I catch a whiff of it, I'm like, that's why I hate rap. And I move on with my life. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, it's good to catch an artist every now and then. It's like, they're pretty good. I like them. Uh, Kendrick Lamar did that to me a couple years ago. I'm like, he's good. It's a pimp a butterfly. Yeah. And, uh, I like his city. shit. I like his shit. And Logic's the kind of the guy for this kind of year. I guess this year where I'm like, I like his stuff. Yeah, man. He's Logic's, good. Um, he is talented. A, a lot of good stuff coming from that man. Uh, first and foremost, he has a really good message in, in all of his stuff. Um, I, I well maybe not the Bobby Tarantino stuff, which is like his fuck around trap shit, right? Which is fine because at least he admits that this is music is not to be taken seriously. I don't want somebody who's making trap shit to be like, I'm a fucking artist. It's like, no, you're not. Yeah, and uh, that, that's what I appreciate about Logic. He kind of segregates his work yeah. into that. His albums are meticulously crafted, beautifully mm-hmm. produced, and they have transcending themes and messages. Yeah. And um, Young Sinatra is actually the last of the Young Sinatra mixtapes. So that's mm-hmm. kind of the in-betweener between mm-hmm. like the good, you know, vibey album stuff and mm-hmm. like the, like the you know, bullshit rap. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of, well, I kind of watched this guy grow up. Uh, you know, I was there for like Young Sinatra too. Mm-hmm. And man, that was like fucking 10 years ago and stuff. Mm-hmm. Did you end up checking out his first two albums? I downloaded them. I haven't got a chance to check them all out yet. I got maybe like two or three songs into The Great Story Ever Told. I fucking love the intro where like the astronauts are like, Fun fact, that came out the same year Space EP did, and I totally forgot to give it to that. Ooh. Yeah, man. Uh, there was, that was a good space year, man. Just all around. Very good space year. But uh, I that I probably like that better than his first album, just because it fucking grew on me over the years. And I love the overarching like theme and story, mm-hmm. which is great. And that machine is super sassy, the, the girl voice. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, man. Excellent album. Excellent production. Excellent theme. He... Um, he goes into detail to explain that album and like the story behind it. Super fascinating if you ever get a chance. Mm, I'll have to check that out. Because I saw him on um, Hot Ones. Ah. The show Hot Questions, <laughs> yeah, even yeah. Hotter Wings. Um, yeah, he was, uh, he was an interesting guy. He's good people. Yeah. He's probably also had the most peaceful divorce I've ever seen. I heard about that. One day, him and his now ex-wife, I can't remember her name for the fucking life of me, uh, they just got a divorce and that was it. There was no fighting. There was no bickering. There was no I get half. There was no I... You know, they were like, you know what? Um, Just didn't work we out. Were, we were good together, but um, we were better friends. Yeah. And that was literally it. <laughs> Peaceful. Huh. Yeah, man. No, no, no crazy stuff. Interesting. Good, 
shit. Yep. But so, yeah, man. Um, I recommend. I like I mentioned, uh, he has a song off of his first album where he go. It's called Metropolis, right? But he, it's essentially a, a song dedicated to Chicago, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and he, he has a line in there. He's like, yeah, the first show that I ever done sold out was in Chicago, mm-hmm. and I was there. It was at the House of Blues. But Aww, fun little fact. That's cute. In like twenty thirteen ish. I'm happy for you, man. Yeah, man. Good stuff. It's, it, it's nice seeing somebody grow up. Yeah, absolutely. And he's went from. If you've seen him 10 years ago, he looked like a skinny little wimp. But now if you see him now, he's like, you know, he's gone Super Saiyan. It's cool, man. No, he's, he's big. He's, he's got some meat on him. No. Mm. Good stuff. What's our next music topic? Uh, the rest of them are ah, well, okay. Well, the first two next two are yours. So uh, do you know Chris Adler? Do you, you know that name? Sounds familiar? Chris, yes, he does. Uh, who do you know where he's from? Chris Adler. Isn't he a... Uh, it, it's from a band that should probably get way more attention on this podcast than, than what it does. Then, no, I, I he is the drummer for Lamb of God. I don't like Lamb of God. You don't like Lamb of God? No. Mm-hmm. Not for you. Just doesn't speak to me. Go ahead. Happy that. Um, so he opened a management agency called Kintsugi Management. Kintsugi is the art of, uh, it's a Japanese word for when you break pottery and you meld it back together with like the gold in it, mm-hmm. making it essentially more beautiful after it's been broken and pieced back together. Right. Um, he opened his own management agency and he's already got a couple of bands signed to it, some minor guys. Okay. I think it's super interesting because like him or not, Lamb of God's, up there mm-hmm. been up there for about a decade now mm-hmm. and they've been very consistent with their music and mm-hmm. you know i love shaggy and all, everything that he does for the mm-hmm. band mm-hmm. and um i think that's a solid move i think uh it's that uh for lack of better words like that birdman effect where birdman was a rapper and then he just started signing people onto his label mm-hmm. and i think it's a good move on chris hadler and i think he's also having a contest the same way that uh will putney did where you put out a demo and you know if he likes you, he'll produce it for you and he'll, he'll set it out there. Cool. So I think it's a good opportunity for a lot of these younger bands to maybe even one day tour with Lamb of God, you know? Very it, cool. It would be crazy big opportunity for, for a band like that. Yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. So good stuff. Um, give, kind of giving back to the community yep. in a sense. I'm with that. Okay, so uh, we got the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame nominees. Mm-hmm. Let, me, let me pull my list up because I, uh, I took, a, took a screenshot of this somewhere. Ah, fucking bears, man. They lost. I'm not going to get into that, but man. Okay, you ready? Yeah. So here are the nominees. And this is playing, taking place on March 29th in New York. The nominees are Def Leppard, Devo, Janet Jackson, John Prine, Kraftwerk, LL Cool J, MC5, Radiohead, Rage Against the Machine, Roxy Music, Stevie Nicks, The Cure, Ton Rundgren, Rufus and the Chaka Khan, and the zombies. Yeah, I got my choice. You got yours. Yeah, I, I think it comes down to like two, two, maybe three bands for me. I got Janet. Okay. Radiohead. LL Cool J. Interesting. Yeah, not what you're expecting. I'm sure, you're probably thinking something else. You you think you got my guess? No, I don't. No, okay. I agree with Janet Jackson. Mm-hmm. I think it, she's she's overdue. Shot, yeah, shocked. She's not long overdue. Yeah. Um, and then my like kind of my next one is Rage Against the Machine. They were they came in hot. Yeah, burned themselves out. Mm-hmm. I think what they did in the in between was a lot for the scene. Unintentional rhyming, mm-hmm. and yeah, you know, there's no denying uh, Zach De La Roja, Tom Morello. Those guys just didn't get along after a while, and that's fine. They didn't have to, but Rage Against the Machine is... They didn't leave a legacy. They are the legacy, 
And I think that's, you could see their influence transcend even to our hardcore scene and DIY punk scene. And it's, there's just no denying that what they did was crazy. Mm-hmm. And it was very influential at the time. Mm-hmm. Even though, you know, they essentially, you know, some of these shows were garbage. But I just, um, yeah, no, I, I know you have issues with this band. I, I just don't, I don't think their first ballad. That's fair. Absolutely. Um, cause yeah, I mean, the, Janet Jackson's on there. Yeah. Uh, I don't, yeah, I just I don't feel like their first ballad. I think that's the problem. Uh, they do deserve a credit for doing what they did. Uh, granted, I don't feel like longevity was there for that. No. Like uh, I said, like they mentioned it. Yeah. They, um, like a match. You know, I just feel like that Radiohead deserves it more. I don't even like Radiohead. Uh, I mean, I don't like Radiohead either. Uh, I just feel like they deserve it more, and LL Cool J deserves it. I Copy think. that. So, my, uh, my my third choice was uh, Def Leppard, which is... Oh, yeah. I'm oh, a little shocked dude. that they're not in there yet either. Yeah, man, right? They're, they're definitely kind of... I don't even know. What was that? 80s? 80s, yeah. 80s rock, man? It 80s, just kind of seems... 80s hair metal. You know, the fun fact, you know, the drummer for Def Leppard only has one hand? Yeah, because uh, what was the thing? He flew out of his car yeah. in an accident and his girlfriend died. Yeah. And he did all the crazy drumming with one arm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, I think he should get a... I, Fun fact, one of the mechanics at UPS told me that after I bought my motorcycle. And I was like, why are you telling me this? <laughs> Good Very, stuff. Those are the nominees taking place on March 29th. Um, when do we know who goes in? Probably March 30th. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, uh, I guess we'll see. I think it's an interesting cast, and I yeah. think a couple of these are definitely long overdue, man. Yeah, Janet, I'm shocked by that. Uh, I I can't really speak on Radiohead, but you'd think that maybe they would have been inducted already. I think there might be this might be their first year. I think yeah, first eligibility. Well, Janet Jackson because what is it like he, twenty years after your first album or something like that? Thirty. Years I have no idea how these things work, but but uh, yeah, even Devo, man, you think that Devo would be in there? I don't know. It's weird. Sometimes it's weird. Green Day got in first uh, ballad. I'm sorry, uh, Dio, not Devo. Oh, Devo's on the ballad. I was thinking Dio though. Dio, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Devo, never mind. Is I know Dio who, in. I think Dio's in already. Devo is the one with the silly hats. I know, but I think Dio is already in. Yeah, copy that. I don't, <laughs> I don't per se like Devo. I like Dio though. <laughs> Holy diver. Holy diver. Yeah. That, uh, who did the cover? Uh, Kill switch. Kill switch. Yeah. Yeah, such a good. Holy diver. <laughs> so good. <laughs> I gotta get into that. Though. What else we got on the music topics? So uh, Royal Beggars. All right, your boys. My boys. Um, I want to say something real quick before we dive into the Royal Beggars thing. Um, Sam Carter from the Architects. Lots of vocal talent, lots of range, lots of girls' growls and sewage pipe cleaning. Um, I'm surprised this dude hasn't had a vocal cord injury. And that just goes to show that he's not screaming. Well, he's not um, recklessly screaming. He has a lot of control over his muscles. Mm -hmm. And that is something I want to point out because they dropped Royal Beggars a new single. They did. And he does some interesting shit in there. Yeah, it's... It it feels like Northlane. Yes, uh, I would agree with that. It seemed because they had a... I forget the name of the album, but they had an album in the middle of their life cycle that was a little softer, right? Was it the one that was uh, Day and Day, day that was that, on? That one, yeah. Uh, it was all good stuff, but mm-hmm. like you could tell that it wasn't full-blown You know where, where they ended up going. Not fully developed, yeah. as we know the artist. And uh, this one's a little softer. Obviously, you know we know what they can do, and he just kind of wanted to show a little bit of range, show a little bit of a... What's the word I'm looking for? Finesse, mm-hmm. so to speak, with his vocal ability. I like it. Yeah, uh, it's, uh, I think it's a good single. I think it's good. I enjoy it. God damn it. And, uh, you know, you see the internet, people make fun of him and stuff. It's like, it's like, can he just do what he wants? I don't think you could reasonably make fun of the architects. They have a nearly flawless discography. Nearly. Yeah. Um, and they're always ahead of the game when it comes to metalcore. And, mm-hmm. and I would say even hardcore, man, you could feel their influences. Um, that being said, 
I like the single. I don't want to say I wasn't impressed because I was. You're not blown away. Um, I'm gonna wait for the album, man. I'm not. I'm not gonna pre-order it quite yet. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna pre-order it quite yet. I'm gonna wait for the next single, and I think the next one will be the kind of the deciding factor. Interesting. Yeah. You're such a weird. Like, <laughs> what did my uh, what did my mom say? My mom's like. Gabe's cheap because <laughs> she listens to the show. Yeah. She's like, you don't want to spend money on nothing. I'm like, I know. <laughs> I mean, I've said it before. I don't like paying full price for anything. Yeah. Uh, I'm like, he's Polish. It's, you know, it's what they do. They don't, you know, hey, man, do what you want. Yeah. I got a budget. Got to stick to it. Exactly. Uh, it's just funny that my mom mentioned that when yeah. I was having breakfast this morning because she was listening to the show and she's like, he's cheap. I, I want to hear one more single. I liked um, uh, Hereafter. Mm-hmm. Uh, Royal Beggars was good. Like I said, didn't kind of blow me away though. I'll wait for the third one and then I'll make my choice. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, there's a Sam Carter loves to talk about oceans in his song. It's fucking great. He does, and it reminds me of a tweet from Ryan Kirby. Right, Ryan Kirby is the vocalist for Fit for a King, and the tweet went something along the lines of uh, his grandma was talking to him and she because he was going to like uh, Hawaii or Cali or somewhere by mm-hmm. the ocean, mm-hmm. and she was like, "Oh yeah, you know, Ryan, be careful with the undertow." He's like, "Grandma." I've been doing metal core for 10 years. Like I, I know about the under. So. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought it was fucking hilarious. Cause you know, you got like ABR, you've got, um, I can think of like two songs from Parkway drive and you know, yeah, yeah, and now yeah. Sam over here talking about the ocean. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. So I, I thought that was, uh, you know, that ocean line in there. Interesting. <laughs> so yeah, man. Uh, check it out. Architects are November 2nd. I believe so. Yes. Or 12th. Something like that. I think it's 12th because Silent Planet is 19th. They've been mm. theirs back a week. Mm. Yeah, they're like, yeah, we're trying to put out this album because Garrett tweeted about it. And then our record company said that this, you know, Metalcore Behemoth is dropping their album on that day. So we pushed it back a week. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, at least they're honest, right? Oh, one more thing about Silent Planet that I kind of want to throw out there. I might have touched up on it briefly. They're holding a contest. Mm-hmm. If you can beat them in Mario Kart 64, they will give you 100 bucks worth of their merch. How does this, how do you sign up? They had on the first leg of their tour, if you had VIP, you played them. Now they're holding it open to worldwide. You could play them online. That's ridiculous. So, and I, here's my thing. Um, Silent Planet's about medium sized. They're not crazy, but they won, you know, best underground act with um, uh, the the fucking album, the white one that I can't remember the name of. Everything was sound. Everything was sound. Yes. Uh, You know, the one that looks like it should be in the contemporary art portion of the Art Institute, (laughs) right? Um, it's very year of the year by Coheed and Cambria, year of the rainbow. Copy that. Yeah, check that album cover out. But 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 what I'm trying to say is that they're super fucking confident in their ability because a hundred bucks worth of merch isn't that's a lot, yeah. like that's a lot of money for them. You know, and you know these guys, these are guys that are living off like what eight k a year. Yeah. So you know, hundred bucks is essentially almost like food for the week. But yeah, yeah, man. I, I just think, well, uh, from from what I understand, nobody has won yet. Not even uh, wait. So wait. Okay, hold on. So are you playing against the whole band? I have no idea. Because if you're playing against the whole band, I would just try. I'll be like, I'm gonna stay behind him and start looking, chugging shells at him. All well, I believe you could play eight player on the 64, right? I think that's what it kept out at on like a land party. I think so. It's fine. four of them versus four other people. That'd be fair. I'm saying, but if it's like you versus them, you four, versus yeah. them, that's fucked up. They'll just fucking jack you up all day. <laughs> yeah, but you know, you get to hang out with Silent Planet and that's play true. some games. But, you know? That's my point. My point is that I think that's awesome because at the very least. You'd be like, I fucking played Mario Kart with Silent Planet. Yeah. How dope is that? Yeah, I guess um, uh, Ryan Murphy from Counterparts didn't win either because Garrett gave him shit. <laughs> uh, Drew from Straight from the Path couldn't do it. Wow, these guys are serious, huh? This is Garrett. 
I, I might just be Garrett. Is he that serious at it? Garrett loves his Nintendo. He's a Nintendo fanboy, bro. Is he? It might just be Garrett. Yeah, I think Manny might be right on that. Because he's the only one talking about it out of the guys. That's funny. But yeah, man. Like I said, Ryan Murphy couldn't do it. Drew from Straight From The Path couldn't do it. I'm sure they played Kublai Khan and didn't say anything because Kublai Khan wants to, you know, very honorable band. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, man. I just thought that was fun. Um, fun fact, Logic, on his last world tour, um, he brought randos up from the crowd to play Mario Kart. I, I a Mario Kart that, song, yeah. yeah. That's very cool. Why is this the re- reemergence of uh, Mario Kart 64? Just bring... All right, how about this? Instead of playing Mario Kart with Silent Plant, you play Mario Party, and by the time you're over, you go home and you're going to burn all of your Silent Planet shirts because you fucking hate the band. <laughs> yeah, man. All right, you got any closing comments, concerns, or questions? Well, you got any certified bangers this week? or? Oh, do I have any certified bangers this week? Let me check. Let me check. I uh, followed up on that Rosary album. Excellent. Yeah, um, I figured you'd like didn't it. Didn't break anything new. You're completely right on that. However, it was a great listen. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these bands that, um, I don't want to say that strictly you recommend, but a lot of these things that come and go, you know, I'll save the album, listen to it, and then, you know, when I'm done with it, I'll unsave it. But uh, this one's going to stay, man. I really like the progression on this. It's uh, you're, you're absolutely right. It's metalcore. It's melodic metalcore, very hundredth-y, with a nice top layer of, like, hardcore instrumental influence on it mm-hmm. and i love it man it's 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 very good nice um, I, I nailed one guys yeah no <laughs> it was excellent man rosary Rose, deserves some love cool cool cool. so i believe the atreyu album came out it did it did did you listen to it yet i got like three or four songs in next week maybe we can talk mm-hmm. about it um all that remains um yeah man they're back in the game they dropped a song called wasteland it is. If you thought "fuck love" was metalcore, this one's gonna take don't, you by don't storm. Don't lie to me. This, no, seriously, it's there's really no good. way. Yeah, man, this is like this is like up to speed. Um, they took a crash course on metalcore in the last ten years, <laughs> and they're like, "Yeah, we could do it," and it's very good. I like. I, I kind of like this better than "fuck love." I do. Ooh. And so you said that you're expecting the album for the end of the year. I think that's feasible. Mm-hmm. I think the drop will probably be before Christmas, but that's just kind of my last week of December. Yeah, good stuff. And then our boys. In uh, Ghost Key dropped a single as well. Oh, check that out. I I do like it. I know we kind of you know joke about Ghost Key and the whole Bear Tooth thing, and uh, the single is very good. It has a lot of hardcore influence, and I think you'll quite enjoy it. Mm. So that being said, we're gonna ch- we're gonna try and get Austin O'Brien in the show when they come back from tour. Okay. So we will keep everybody posted, and we're gonna have a <laughs> that should be fun. Yeah, man. We got, we got some good questions prepared for uh for our buddy in Ghost Key. Yes, sir. I think it's gonna be fun. Uh, as far as me, it's, I don't really. I listened to some shit last night, but nothing really stuck out for me this week. I'm not going to lie. I ended up going back to a uh, thousand miles stab by incendiary and jammed that throughout the rest good of the night. Copy. That's, that's a good fucking album. Man. Sir. Yeah, man. Copy. But other than that, I think that's the show, Gabe. How long we got? Oh, that's not too bad. About an hour 20. Sounds better from the course. I feel like we flew through that first half of that. Yeah, man. That. Went ice skating yesterday. Yeah. How'd I go? enjoy ice skating. It's mm. fun. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I have uh, a buddy of mine, uh, Ish, he, he's Cuban, but, um, he he had a really bad wipeout and he like flew across the link rink and his buddy Scott we were trying it was his first time ice skating so we were taking it slow with him you know holding on to the barrier like kind of shuffling mm-hmm. and this dude ish he comes out of nowhere this flying fucking Cuban and just <laughs> rails him into the fucking wall and the dude Scott didn't even move he was like Ooh. hey Gabe <laughs> yeah when you eat a stack of pancakes do you eat them individually or as a full stack I eat them as a full stack Maddie unless it is potato pancakes and we mentioned this last week the not potato- on the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and those potato pancakes have uh, have some girth on it. Mm-hmm. So you know you kind of got to eat it one by one. Maddie, if they are already in a stack, I will eat them as a stack. Ah, yes. The less 
the, the least amount of work approach. Copy. So if they come out like a little fanned out, you're just going to eat them as nice. That's interesting. Fair. All right. Uh, <laughs> do you put on your socks before your pants or vice versa? Depends on the socks. Depends on the pants. I like to wear dress socks. Um, you kind of know that. I like long boys. Um, and it depends on the pants too. Sometimes I'll throw on my pants before I throw on my socks. You know, if I'm going to bullshit at home a little bit, but if I'm going to work, it's socks and pants just because that progression is easier. You know, makes sense. Sure. Like if I know I'm going to lounge about, maybe not put on socks yet. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Good copy. Maddie. Ah, Uh, genius. (laughs) Uh, She says socks because her pants are too tight. All right. And last one. Does pineapple go on pizza? Absolutely. Maddie. Fuck no. She says. It's okay uh, to be wrong. It's America. <laughs> yeah, you're entitled to your grossly inaccurate opinion. So yeah, what did you say at the end of the podcast? That fucking. Oh uh, yeah. So I gotta I gotta throw this out there. This is not my original thought, but there was a tweet where it's like, uh, eating Hawaiian pizza is like eating ass. It's not for everybody, but if you do, you're just more cultured for it. <laughs> yeah. You know. Jake so, got a good kick out of that. So one. we I did these off air on the show last week. Was Gabe was walking out and we had it. I'm like, man, these are good. So I'm gonna try to do like little weird things like that, and maybe cap off every episode with them, and see if you have like an answer for these Good questions. Copy, sir. For, I, uh, the, for the real probing questions, like, I am missing two albums for the Devil Wears Prada discography, and then I have everything. Which two? Take a wild guess. Uh, Beautiful Discord. Mm-hmm. And eight eighteen. No, I have eight eighteen. You do? I think that was the first one I bought. Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Plague. What, what comes after Discord? Plagues. Yeah, those two, and then I'm done. I have officially everything they've dropped on vinyl. Texas South, bro. Yeah, I know. And the sentence trails off. <laughs> anyway, uh, so that's the Second City Kids podcast, episode 90. We'll be back for 91 next week. You can go ahead and like us on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Google Radio, or Stitcher Radio, I guess they call it. Podbean. Podbean, all that good stuff. We're actually coming up on a very big week next week. Oh, actually, starting today. We oh, are going we're the to sponsor be, podcast. Yeah, we're going to get uh, be the featured podcast on Podbean.com, and hopefully, we will have the Halloween episode up before uh, it's all said and done with, because uh, it comes out next week. I'm gonna try to see it on Sunday before the podcast airs. Just go see it Saturday, bro. I'm at, I'm gonna be in a, out of town. I'm gonna be in Seneca. Uh, otherwise, I would totally go. But um, yeah, yeah but I'll text you the spoilers. Don't don't fucking <laughs> do that. Remember the last time you fucking texted me spoilers? Those are completely wild guesses. Uh huh. And they you're, all you're, came true. I'm still mad at you about that. I'm so sorry, dude. If I would have known those were going to come true, did I waste my one wish upon a garbage spoiler? Am I the reason that episode eight was so bad? Yeah. Anyway, uh, so don't you fucking don't fucking spoil anything for me. I, I I was, no, 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 not not this, not this. I, I'm in like it's Halloween. We, I'm gonna we, kill we've all been now. waiting for this movie since uh, since '89. Yeah. Uh, so for the meantime, we'll see you guys back next week with the big Halloween review. Hopefully it doesn't suck. Um, by all accounts, it does not. So until then, we will see you. Deuces.